Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Scientific Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas Perry, joined by the one, the only Mr. Darren Shrewsbury Jr. Darren. I don't know if you're aware of this, because this will be the last time we talk about a football game until, like, September. If that's not depressing, I don't know what is. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's depressing. But the game was good. It went into overtime. Mm-hmm. So, well, I'm sure we'll break this down from a million different angles. But what do you think about the big game? Oh, I mean, overall, I was—I mean, that was an exciting game. That's exciting. It's as exciting of a, a game as you'd expect from the final game of the season. Um, it was infuriating in, in ways, but overall, from a person who technically doesn't have a stake in the game, it was. I was watching it to the last second. Um, so, good props to both teams for that. <laughs> uh, it was a, a weird turnover fest as well. Uh, lots of fumbles, lots of weird mishaps that you're like, what the hell? Uh, but in general, just it was a, it was fun to watch. <clears throat> it also provided us with the greatest moments in broadcast history. Patrick Starr telling an NFL player who had just fumbled to firmly grasp it. <laughs> yep. That is the single greatest moment in broadcast in sports broadcasting. Uh-huh. There will never be another <laughs> moment to equal that. It'd be it'll be pretty hard. Pretty hard. <laughs> but yes, it was it was it was the game it was it was the game it should have been, right? It, it took a little way to get there. Weird way to get there. Sure, fumble fest, like you said, but it was that's it. If we're talking about two of the best teams playing in this game, every game should go to overtime, right? Mm-hmm. Yet only two have. It's wild, and it's also wild that Kyle Shanahan is on the losing end of both of those games. Uh huh. <laughs> and that leads me to this discussion. Is he the problem, at, or is it kind of what I thought about immediately after that game when I went, okay, I know this looks bad. He's not won one of these games. But to draw another comparison to a player, you know who went 0-2 or whatever in his first times there? John Elway. Or good, John Elway didn't lose his first game. He didn't make it for a long time, and then he salvaged his career. Mm-hmm. This kind of sounds like a – it like, okay <clears> – <throat> Let me ask you this, because they hadn't come back from, what was it, five down at any point in the fourth quarter in his entire tenure, and then they did it twice in this playoffs? Correct. Okay. Do we look at it as if, okay, well, that happened. Clearly this team had something special, or he's finally figured out how to coach in the fourth quarter in a tight game. Or, and, and, okay, this is just, well, you ran into the Kansas City Chiefs, like, it's like running into the Patriots in the Super Bowl in the, mm-hmm. in the big game. It, it it's almost forgiven to lose that game, yeah. or is he doomed to be great offensive mind, <clears throat> not good enough to be considered even a good head coach in this league long term, all time, legacy mm-hmm. perspective. I I think the problem here is for me is that yes he he was he managed to do things despite doing things that he had yet to do uh, 
as a head coach in the playoffs or any, in any, not just in the playoffs, but in his career as a head coach. Um, he reverted directly back to what he had done in both other instances. Now, in the first instance, he was just a part of the team. Uh, he wasn't the head coach, but both other instances, they, the teams blew leads while he was in charge of something, if not the whole head, you know, he was 10, they were 10 points up on the Kansas city chiefs in super bowl 54. Darren. And they blew it. Huh? Watch it. Can't say those words. Uh, they they blew. I thought you lo- uh, you lost my uh, no. my hearing for a second because th- that has happened before. <laughs> Sadly, uh, yes, it has. Um, so they they did it. They did it before, and here they were with a ten point lead in this game. Now Patrick Mahomes is something like nine and two, eight and two in in playoffs in playoff games in which they were down by 10 points. Including two uh, championship wins. And that's insane. Like, Wait, three. Uh, yeah. Insane. And um, so there's that. When I saw that, I was like, oh, boy. You, uh, oh, boy. Um, actually, it was right right before they scored three points. <laughs> they scored their first field goal. <clears throat> no, uh, the, the stat was something like no team had been in the playoffs, been shut out in the playoffs in the, in the first half and went on to win the game. Uh, it, it was like 0-60 or something like that <clears throat> in, in occurrences. And that is when I saw that and said, all right, San Francisco's doomed. <laughs> because either Kansas City, Kansas City is either going to score a field goal right, or, you know, score something right now and it, uh, irrelevant, or they're going to be the ones that busts that uh, that record, um, bust that streak. Uh, also, let's just talk about the briefly mention the fact that in in, in the final game prior to. The Patriots and the Seahawks, no team had overcome a 10-point deficit. And now we've had, what, three or four 10-point def- deficits? Well, the Chiefs have done it three times. Every time they've won it with Mahomes, <clears throat> so, they've come back from 10 down. So it's five, at least three. So five times because Pat Seahawks, Pat's Falcons, and, 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 and the three Chiefs games. Uh, that What the hell? <laughs> Uh, so to, to further, to to actually get to my point, Shanahan had a system that was working the first half. The defense was keeping Mahomes on his toes. The defense was stymieing the run game. They did, they managed to stymie the run game most of the, of the game. And it's such that Patrick Mahomes was the leading rusher. Pacheco was effectively worthless uh, because of the scheme that they put in place. Um, and prior to like the middle of the third quarter, Travis Kelsey was ineffective. They were keeping him out of, of the conversation. 
but what does what do they do offensively? What do the 49ers do offensively? They abandoned literally everything that worked in the first half offensively. Everything. They start off the third quarter by doing th- four straight passing plays, and three of them were incompletions. And by the time they get to McCaffrey and get him back into the game, it's already too late. The Chiefs have already made, gotten momentum, and they pretty much solidified that they're winning this game. As soon as that third quarter occurred, and we were near the end of the third quarter, that is when I knew the Chiefs were, were winning this Super Bowl. <laughs> Damn it. That's when I knew they were winning it. Because yeah. Shanahan abandoned everything that put them in the place that they were in up to that point. Everything. And he abandoned it in the overtime. <laughs> you know, he decided to start getting it rolling again. You know what I'm going to say. There's mm-hmm. a phrase I love using. Dance is the one you came with. Yeah. <laughs> and they Mc- didn't. McCaffrey, they left with a pretty girl and she dumped him. McCaffrey, sh- this, is, this, was, this was Marshawn Lynch all over again. M- McCaffrey should have been given the ball on that third down play. In overtime, that that uh, that led to the field goal, or that the the play call wasn't even necessarily bad per se. Like they had a touchdown on that play. It's a defensive scheme. They knew it was going to happen. The defense knew it was going to be a pass on third and two. <laughs> so that that is when. It was that moment that solidified that I don't believe Shanahan's going to be able to make up for it. I, I fully, you, three times, three times, and two of them as a head coach, you are a part of blowing the lead in the biggest game of the season. If and, he wins, like, if he wins one, is this all forgotten? No. Because <laughs> it shouldn't take you this damn long. Now, now I will I will point out a piece of history that I saw. Andy Andy Reid started off his his uh, well I can't say start off his career but like he had a stretch of two straight NFC title game losses and a Super Bowl loss, and then fifteen years later he's with a new team and finally wins a Super Bowl. So it doesn't mean it can't happen. It's it's obviously not impossible that he could win a Super Bowl. That I'm not even gonna. At this point, why, at this point, at this point I'm, 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 there, there's 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 it's obviously possible, but the problem is he's making. It's not that he's learning from his his mistakes and making different ones. He's making the same damn mistakes <laughs> every time. There's so a let, point. You, you come from the, the lineage this man comes from. The people associated with him that were part of that greatness that his dad had. And no one decides, hey, maybe you should maybe you should actually stick with that. Like, no one is in his ear going, hey, it's okay to keep doing the same thing. That was or, working. Or, <laughs> or, or, or. He was on the same staff in Washington as Sean McVay, who's won one of these things. Yeah. Maybe look at what your former colleague he, did. He is at this point, he is from one of the greatest modern coaching trees 
if not one of the greatest in existence. Yeah. Because of how successful every damn one of them have been. Literally, if you if you if you <clears throat> if you breathe in the same space as Sean McVay, you got a head coaching job, and guess what? That's been good enough. Yeah. So I so as soon as they kicked that field goal, it was you, you shift that it was one hundred and twenty nine thousand percent the Chiefs game. I already knew the Chiefs were winning it by this point. It was going to happen, but that I was like, all right, you you screwed yourselves. And what's funny is once uh, once Hardman caught that ball, he didn't even know he had won the game. No, he blacked out. He's like, wait, what? <laughs> like, he didn't even know. So um, let's let's rewind a little bit. Let's rewind. Did did did, did we? There are two two things here. One, how much of a coaching? How much are we going to blame Shanahan for some of his players not knowing the overtime rules? Uh. That 100% is coaching. Coaching has to prepare everyone for that. Yes, players should be aware. They should have been, this This has been three years in the making. Players should be aware that it's a thing. Um, but you, you're not really, you don't go in and practice with that all the time. But the coaches, they should be fully aware of all of these scenarios, especially coming to this point. Well, we hadn't actually had a playoff game. No, this was the first. Ga- this was the first game since. played under that scenario. But they should be aware. And, and they were playing the exact team that forced the <laughs> that yeah, forced the rule. Exactly. This is so, number fifteen. This is a coaching preparation thing. The coaches should have made sure that even if they didn't think it was going to happen, it doesn't matter if you think it's going to happen. You need to prepare or have a game plan in place. If it does, and every single person should be aware of what these changes are if it happens. Every single one of them. That is ask Nick, absolutely ask, a coaching failure. Ask Nick Saban about being prepared on, in uh, Auburn in 2013. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the second thing is, do you agree <clears> with <throat> taking the ball first in the overtime? I don't. I... <clears throat> I think the only the only reason why I th- thought it was fine was that the defense just got gassed for seven minutes to end the to end the half. Like, ouch! At least like g- giving them a rest. Like I that I that I understand. The reason given, I don't really understand because overtime rule change or not, you kind of do want the ball second because that puts you in the position. If the first team doesn't score, field goal wins it. Right. If if the first team does score, yes, you do know what you need, right? Uh, and you go from there. But in a situation where it's not like look at college. It's not sudden death in college. Every team defers <clears throat> in college. Mm-hmm. Every last one of them. Yeah. So the the only actual argument I have is that that defense was gassed as hell. But even then, it it's that argument falls apart when we just have the discussion that if they fall apart, at least you know what you need next <laughs> to go out there with the offense. Like, all right, we'd be and they they still could have had a touchdown on that first. They they moved. 
crazily efficiently on that first drive until they decided when it mattered most, McCaffrey wasn't the guy to go to. And I just do not understand it. <laughs> Beats the hell out of me. You know, that the, it's been a week. It, 49ers fans are hurting. And I hate to, I, I, I hate to keep adding on, but I'm going to. Uh, they made another bonehead move. They fired the defensive coordinator. Uh huh. I for the life of me, I can't figure it out. Figure out why. Have you, I know we've been racking our brains <clears> both with this. Me and most of you, because I've had more time to than you. Mm-hmm. But that's just a me thing. Um, have you figured out a reason as to why? Because I don't buy the reason that it's a, he's not wasn't a good fit. Yeah, I, I don't, I'm not buying that. I don't understand it unless there was just some absolute personal things between these two all season. I don't know. I don't understand. Then why make them move? Then why defense? I I, I get that it's, it's only, I'm comparing or the stats are comparing one season versus three seasons of the previous guy and D'Amico, D'Amico Ryans, D'Amico, 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 D'Amico Ryans. The last three seasons, that defense was lights out then too. But this season, statistically in yards per game, points per game and uh, to average turnovers per game was better. Marginally, but better. Here's my question. Who the hell do you think you're going to get to beat that's going to be better than Steve Wilkes? Bill Belichick? I, funnily enough, I saw an article throwing that possibility out there. Now, I don't know oh, how God. serious I don't know how oh, serious it was, but it threw out the possibility that, Did hey, you... go give Belichick. <laughs> Hey, you know that's actually not a bad idea. Who knows how to make a defense? Not a bad idea because then he can ju- he can just shove Shanahan out the window when it comes to a really important <laughs> game. Just take it himself. Like I will win this game. <laughs> like, uh, hey, I'm still a defensive like, coordinator. You can go sit in the press box with John Lynch, and I can go. Get, I can take. I can take the over from here. Yeah, he'll Shanahan will be the starting pitch. I'll be the closing pitcher. It all works out. <laughs> I yep. get the save. You get the start and the win. Hmm. They, they they held they held in in regular time the Kansas City Chiefs to 19 points, which was something along the Niners' average for the season. Actually, it might have been a little. I think it might have been like 17 points per game or something like that. But the point is, yeah, at that point, they held them to yeah. that. They they picked off Patrick Mahomes for the first time in his playoff career, and they did so by getting pressure on him and forcing a bad throw. Things that just don't happen very frequently in Mahomes, and especially not in the playoffs. No. I mean, I've said it before and I've said it again. Mahomes is annoyingly good. Yeah. He's <laughs> fantastic and annoyingly so. <laughs> and it's, the defense wasn't the problem. In fact, there really weren't any, other than Shanahan's bonehead decisions... There weren't really any problems with how that team ran, so I don't. I just don't understand Wilkes getting getting effectively the blame for it by this firing. Uh, well, on well, his counterpart in in um, Spagnola just got an extension, and by the way, he's now got four rings. Spagnola was probably the most underrated coordinator in the NFL. Mm-hmm. At all, at all positions. Yeah, and and he, he signed an extension, and he's made it. They've made it clear he's he's not leaving. He doesn't want to leave. Hell, he doesn't even have interest in being a head coach. He just wants to be there. <laughs> what does that say? You've got you've got Kelsey. I don't want to play for anyone else but Big Red. 
and Spagnolo's like, I could go become a head coach somewhere, but I don't want to. I want to be here. That is team culture. That is here's the thing. Everyone talks about the players they have there, and that's fun. They've got great players. But the Kansas City Chiefs have put together a culture within the organization and the locker room where people want to be there, not just because they're winning, but because it truly feels like a family. That is so important that it's never discussed. That's why they won. That's why they're a dynasty. That's why they are the greatest team dynasty since the Patriots in the NFL. That's why. Mm-hmm. It's not just talent. The Patriots ne- – here's the thing. You have all the talent in the world. You don't have a, a good coach. You don't have the culture. You won't do anything. Mm-hmm. If you have culture and you've got guys that can go play and you've got guys that want to be there, want to keep improving, you're going to do well. Mm-hmm. Chris Jones has already made it clear he wants to stay. He's pending free agency. He wants to stay. You've got uh, – what was one other guy that – well, I can't remember the, the other guy, but he – he indicated that he would like to stay, but except for he made it a money problem. Uh, but I can't remember his name now. Let's I just say it's the whole damn team because they all and, probably want to stay. Yeah. And, and and all of this, it's like – and you can tell by the way they interact with each other, especially Mahomes and Kelsey. Like when uh, McAfee was interviewing Kelsey uh, before uh, the weekend – uh, Mahomes just comes through and goes and pokes his head and goes, "Oh, hey, huh, what's up?" And like, they're just goofing off, like you know, like they're not just about to play the biggest game of all time, which even na- uh, viewership-wise was the biggest game of all time. I think they had like something. Nay, like the biggest, the biggest television event because it is every year. They they had something like two hundred and fifty million viewers total yeah. between streaming. And uh, and and the, obviously the people there, the the other sites, the Super Bowl, uh, the, the 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 Nickelodeon broadcast, uh, the main CBS broadcast, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, big, I, big hell, deal. I I even because I didn't I didn't know my my mom didn't couldn't uh, get the local channels on. I guess Pluto is what they're using. I didn't know they couldn't. I renewed my Paramount Plus subscription for the month so they could watch it. Aren't you a good son? <laughs> And I was like, oh, I've got Paramount Plus. I just haven't used it in forever. So I popped it back up for the month so you could watch the game. <laughs> well, you just won yourself some brownie points with mom. <laughs> uh, but so the there were plenty of options. And I, I like I didn't even think about it. I was like, oh, well, they should be able to watch it on, on TV. They should at least get a local channel or whatever. But when, when she was – she's said they didn't i was like well what the hell so i i did a google and i was like oh that's right yeah <laughs> yeah pluto has local channels but not southern west virginia more like chicago san francisco philadelphia <laughs> los angeles nashville dallas we're not that yeah <sighs> so the one weird coach departure from another to another uh chip kelly is now the the offensive coordinator at Ohio State University, and uh, I think this is actually a really big deal uh, because not only did he leave – like, think about this. Chip Kelly was the head coach at UCLA, a Power 5 slash Power 4 school. He actively left being – he willingly left being a head coach, was not fired, just chose to step down. And go and relinquish power to go be a coordinator at another school. By the way, 
if you're going to jump ahead to next football season, he jumped in conference. How big a deal is this, and why aren't people saying this is a bigger deal like it is? It's it's, it's wild. It's it's like what the, now? He because he had like he hadn't even coached there yet, did he? Or did he? I I've lost track of his his tenure as of coaching since he. Uh, but either way, he he leaves, and to bring up your point, he leaves to be a coordinator when he was already a head coach. And I'm like, initially, I, I when I first saw it, I was like, why in the hell would you do that? But then you brought up some very, very key points to this that just honestly, like, it opened up the, 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 the it opened that third eye, as they say. It's just everything was clear because He's got a plan in place, it's whether he knows it or not. That well, I don't even know what plan I'm t- what way you're referring to. So please enlighten if, me because I have no idea. If they don't make, if they don't make the playoffs or they don't make the natty, they lose to Michigan again in a rookie head coach. Oh yeah, at which they technically have already lost to once when he was the interim, t- interim coach. Then he Ryan Day's out the door. We, you, we like. There's no way he stays through this. If if he, all if all that occurs this season, or even if they don't win a Natty, potentially, he could be out the door. Then Kelly's got himself in prime position that if he if he instruments uh, enough of success, then they'll just give it to him. Mm, I I I know. I I I know. I get what you're saying, but I cannot agree with that. If they fire Ryan Day. They will clean every speck of that football building. They will clean everyone out. They will have a sanitation uh, <laughs> sanitation board in there the very next second and cleaning every speck of dust in that football facility. If you had even breathed in the same direction as Ryan, they, they will not want any part of you. That's what makes this so surprising to me. It's like you left being a head coach. Now, yes, I believe UCLA signed their death warrant when they moved from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten. I believe that because they're not going to be of the four schools. They're not going to be either Oregon, Washington, or USC. They're just never going to be out in football. They're, UCLA will beat Purdue. They'll beat Northwestern. They'll beat Illinois. They'll beat Rutgers. They'll beat Maryland. They'll also lose to those programs enough. And then they'll get obliterated by Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, and the three people that kick their ass in the big in the Pac-12 all these years. UCLA signed itself up to be a six and six football team that occasionally makes a worthwhile bowl game. <laughs> he was already looking at being fired anyway until they went eight and five last year. So here's the thing: like he he probably was going to get fired anyway. Now you go okay. You gave up power, and then you went to a guy who you knew was basically a dead man walking. Why? I mean, here's the thing. Look at his record at UCLA. He was 35-34 and with an even 26-26 and record in conference. Mm -hmm. His best finish in the Pac-12 was he finished tied for second in 2021. In the Pac-12, in a bad Pac-12, 
And everyone thinks of the Big Ten as being the second best conference behind the SEC. And it's top heavy, I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Chip Kelly kind of said, if, if I'm Chip Kelly, I think I would have rather, like, okay, I might get fired at UCLA, but UCLA <clears throat> might also fire me in October. I get a chance to sit on my keister and draw money for two months instead of having to worry about the sleepless nights of trying to prepare for a game for a game in Columbus. And I get to be the hot commodity that everyone wants. Because here's the thing, generally, like, oh, got fired first. Everyone, because we because we kicked up the sodding day to December, everyone feels like they got to move on faster. The sooner you're fired, hey, he's available, go get him. Whereas if Ohio State cleans house, we may have positions being filled by that. And you're going to have it marked to being, well, you couldn't save Ryan Day's offense. You couldn't save Ryan Day's job. Whereas you're never really supposed to save UCLA. Because UCLA was never worth saving. Damn. <laughs> I mean, tell me I'm wrong. That. No, I, I am incapable of doing so. Uh, I mean, so, seriously, what has UCLA ever brought to college football? They play in the, they can't even sell out the Rose Bowl. They have the most historic venue in the sport. The one venue where everyone wants, like, Herb Street wants the national championship can be played in that stadium. You have Pasadena, this great venue, this cathedral to the sport, and you can't sell it out. Why? Because you never put a good team enough on the field that people want to go watch. The team's bad. Look at look at Chips Kelly's record since 2018. Three and nine, four and eight, three and four in the COVID year, eight and four, nine and four, eight and five. He improved. But guess what? Eight and four, nine and four, eight and five. That's fine for West Virginia. We love that. You give me nine and four, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. At UCLA, you're supposed to have the kids that USC didn't want, and they're a step above Cal and Stanford. And that's what you're doing in a conference that was modest at best up until last year. And you're expecting me to, and now expecting you to go have to deal with uh, December snow in Michigan and win? No. No. Absolutely not. Let's look at UCLA's football schedule. I just want to see what their, uh, if I may quote Jerry Jones here, schedule looks like because I love that. I love, I love the way he says that word. I don't know why, but I do. <laughs> I truly have no idea why, but I love it. Can we stop? I don't, I don't care about UCLA baseball. I truly do not care about UCLA baseball. Unless they're playing West Virginia, I don't give a damn. <laughs> All right, here's their football schedule. Wait, that's for 2023. I want 2024. Here we are. Oh, come on. At Hawaii. Okay, they'll probably win that game. Indiana. Toss-up, but it's at home, so probably. At LSU. They for damn sure are not beating LSU in Baton Rouge. (laughs) Oregon. No. At Penn State. Hell no. 
Minnesota, probably a loss at Rutgers. Tight game, I'll give the edge to Rutgers because it's a cross-country trip. At Nebraska, they're going to lose that game. They'll lose to Iowa. They'll lose to Washington. At Washington, they'll lose to USC. And then they might beat Fresno State 10 years. They're looking at like 3-9. and nine. And they got off easy on the Big Ten schedule. UCLA football is irrelevant. But I would rather have been fired from there than I would be tasked with with replacing the man who was supposed to who was supposed to save Ryan Day's ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep, that'll that'll be rough. <laughs> oh, here's the thing. With a twelve team playoff. Ohio State is pretty much virtually guaranteed to make it unless something goes incredibly wrong. Mm-hmm. Not that we're not rooting for that, but... Oh, yeah, I, I will be rooting for it every step of the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you and me both. Just as long as it doesn't involve player injury because, well, we just... True. You know, you don't root player injury. I don't, uh, you, unless you, that don't. somehow involves a player injuring him. Okay, fair point. Fair <laughs> point. Could be like Joe Paterno those last few years got uh, ran into on the sideline, had to coach in the press box. <laughs> Do you remember that? Uh, very vaguely. I mean, <laughs> I think a lot of our Paterno years are kind of vague. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I remember like I was sitting on my bed watching. I don't know what I was watching. But I was watching something on TV, and. I I saw the, the news that he had he had died and I'm like, what in the hell? Yeah. <laughs> like, like it was only, and it was like it felt like it was immediately after he was gone too. After he was, it was. It was only like, like it, was, it was only like what weeks? I can't remember. Uh, but it it was it was a relatively short time. Um but I was like, geez, they they really screwed this man over. <laughs> Let's find out. I'm curious now. Joe Paterno. He died on January 22nd, 2012. And his last season in coaching, he was fired when? Uh, head coaching record. He was fired at... In November 28, 2011. Yes, just mere months. Yeah. Paterno was injured in August 2011 after climbing with a player during practice. He sustained hairline fractures to his hip and shoulder. No surgery was required, but he began the 2011 season in a wheelchair. Oof. Yeah, he was fired on November 9th, 2011, and then he died in uh, in, on, in uh, January 2012. That does not seem like it's that long ago, but it was. Also, when you look up Joe Paterno in, in uh, Google, it says football quarterback instead of football head coach. I didn't even know you played quarterback. I did not know that information either. 
that could count as where I learned this week, but it isn't. Uh, speaking of that segment, we'll get to it now. Uh, you can go first this week. Got anything? I think the, I think I went first last week, so I think I said it's your turn. Uh, well, I have two things. One's a tiny news thing that I that I learned today. So they, uh, the Mount Neo news thing. The uh, the Mount Neo finalists have been announced, and one of them is a Fayetteville boy. The name of Cade Kincaid. Uh, Let's go. So that's pretty neat. That's basically all I have on that. I don't know anything else. I don't, you know. I saw uh, a few Fayetteville people saying it. I had no idea. I thought it was just some Southern West Virginia kid. I didn't know it was Fayetteville. Straight from Fayetteville. He's a, he was, I think he's a sophomore finance major. Um, All right. So I saw that and I was like, that's pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. Um, The other thing, uh, the actual, what I learned today is uh, one of the weirder things that I think I might have, have seen. And it's in the realm of, of lab grown foods. So lab grown meats have been, have been in production or rather in, in research for a little while. So much so that we've actually started getting some lab grown chicken, I believe, that have has FDA approval. Now, that doesn't mean it's out in the stores. It what generally what the, what happens is during like these types of approval processes for the foods, they one they're expensive to produce, uh, understandably so. Uh, and two, what what will happen is they get rolled out to select restaurants to kind of toy around with, you know, recipes and things like that, introduce it to the public, you know, get that hype and all that stuff. But also like, just like, Oh, like get those small sections of, of exposure to the product. Um, And so that's, that's currently happening or about to happen. It's already gotten FDA approval. Um, That much I do know. And that was so within the last year or so, but this it, that doesn't make me go, what the hell? What What is this? What, huh? This one kind of does, but not in a why does this exist type of thing. More so just, uh, it's weird that this was thought of. What made you think of it? I'm just going to say two words. Beef rice. <laughs> say what? <laughs> a rice-meat oh. hybrid. So researchers, exactly. Researchers in South Korea have uh, lab-grown meat by introducing grains of rice to cow cells and using the rice grains as a scaffolding for the cells to grow and effectively develop into the muscle of fat cells and and effectively make it you know protein rich rice uh and i i saw that and i was just like what the hell so the 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 ideal goal is that that this would be one it would reduce carbon emissions associated and methane emissions associated with farms uh, things of that sort, uh, because they are some of the more egregious offenders of of those types of pollutants. Uh, but also, uh, 
the the thought is that it would be useful for the impoverished areas where you know rice is generally <laughs> rice and other things that sort of generally available but rice is nutritious but not you know fully nutritious that's why things like yellow rice exists or uh, a uh, engineered rice exists uh, but this would be protein rich rice uh, so the 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 the, the intent behind it is just as I would expect. But it's just absolutely weird that someone thought, rice, I'm going to use it to grow beef. <laughs> yeah. That's um, not what I would have had. That's, that's for sure. That's, that's, that's for sure. Um, as per usual, I'm coming at this with a little bit of a difference uh, popping me, which is good. But uh, Marshall has a new baseball park. They finally got on to building theirs. Mm-hmm. Like you built Monongahela County Ballpark a few years ago. Actually, more than a few years ago now. Probably been a decade. Uh, and as uh, as WVU did, Marshall is getting a southern, a summer league team to fill the basically. We can't justify building it just for the. Uh, for the foot for the for the baseball team mm-hmm. at the university, so we're gonna get someone else to come in here and and uh, and do this. Yes. So, so what they did was they unveiled the team's name today. Uh, let me pull it up here real quick. Uh, Appalachian League. Okay. Yeah, it's in the Appalachian League, which is, it used to be a, um, like an actual minor league, an actual like minor league team, but when baseball restructured everything, they killed the Appalachian League. It's now affiliated with Major League Baseball, but you won't see any of these guys going directly through the system. This is like this is a collegiate league now. So this is basically a relocation of the Princeton Whistlepigs, uh, which became of the Princeton Blue Jay of the uh, Princeton Rays mm-hmm. and the Bluefield Blue Jays. Uh, Bluefield is still the Bluefield. Uh, what are they called? Damn it, I forgot. Uh, it's a train. That's what's disappointing for me. I can't remember the top of my head. The Ridge Runners. The Ridge Runners. Uh, anyway, the new team in Huntington is called the Tri-State Colcats. And guess what? Their colors are Kelly Green and Black, just like Marshall. Huh, unsurprising. Yeah. Logo actually looks kind of cool, though. Logo is basically... Uh, Colcats in a nice in a nice spot. The T is a pickaxe in cats, and uh, the cat the cat's head almost looks like a like a lump of coal. So that's that's a really nice kind of a homage to that. I, I really do appreciate that. I learned that today because it was unveiled today. So that's how. Uh, that's gonna do that. So that that'll be kind of um, 
that that'll be uh that'll be fun. I'm I I'm still kind of well I was more inclined to go like, oh, if I had to have a team Bluefield because their name their logo and their base off a train that runs in town. But I'm like, hey, this stuff looks cool and I'm sure that ballpark's gonna be really nice. So I guess go Huntington and Bluefield. <laughs> So, Darren, we're going to figure out what the hell we're going to talk about for the next few weeks before we get into all this uh, draft stuff. Because, I mean, yeah, we got free agency and all that, but that, that's still so far out. And the league year isn't, doesn't start for another, like, three weeks. Mm-hmm. I guess we can brainstorm over the course of the next week until we convene again. Yeah, yeah that sounds about it. <laughs> yeah, one thing we can do. So, until that day comes, and we can be with you once again, this has been Season 4, Episode 29 of the Scientific Coaching Podcast. Done with football season. Done with our primary means of existing. Mm-hmm. Or reason for existing, rather. I guess it could be considered means, but I guess in, in this case, probably our primary reason for existing. So, we shall return next week with the topic to be determined. Until then, thanks so much for listening. Darren, take us home. Adios, everybody.